Hello world, this is my most nerve-wracking PonderCast yet. I've got a lifelong healthcare expert, director of client success and solutions for Sema Health. At Purdue, uh, when we first met, you were doing cancer research using botanicals on mice cells. I had to write that down because sure. I didn't know what it was. You're like one of the few people I know that can name a song in two notes. What people don't know about you, you are an architectural historian. <laughs> right? Wannabe. Wannabe. <laughs> okay, everybody. This is my wife, Sarah Andrews Ponder. Hi. Please tell us about your role at Sema Health. Well, I am over the client success and product team at Sema Health, and Sema Health is a health benefit intelligence company, and we use our big data platform to reduce the financial burden on the three main stakeholders in the healthcare industry, so that would be patients, most importantly, that would be self-funded employers, so people who are actually paying for the coverage, and then also providers who are delivering the care. Awesome. So you could take a big school corporation or a big... Uh, employer mm-hmm. and help them with what? So we are able to take their uh, medical claims on a monthly basis and able to show them what they're actually spending their money on. Um, a quote that I have to read because I can't memorize it all is you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. And that's really what's been the driving force behind SEMA is bringing self-funded employers directly connected to those independent providers in our own community. Okay, since we're going to talk about project-based learning, which is all over the place now, I have the best project manager, product designer that I know. And what do you want to talk about today, Sarah? I thought it'd be helpful to talk a little bit about the way that products are developed. So you could either design a software product this way, or you could design a tactile product this way. Um, There are a couple of different methods to use that I'll talk about the two most popular ones. Uh, One is called waterfall, which is where you're developing, you know, you have a big set of requirements that you're kind of working through and you're going to be building and you're not going to release anything until that final requirement is developed and you're ready to push it all out at one time. So just think of a big waterfall. Um, The second method is called agile framework and that is where you are just breaking off little bits and chunks of that big set of requirements and you're delivering something every two weeks. So instead of just saying, okay, fingers crossed, I hope this big, huge project works, you are releasing a little bit of code every two weeks, either to your internal team or to your external customers and making sure and checking in with those clients to make sure, hey, did this meet the need, yes or no? And we can very easily go back and circle back around and continually iterate or refine that idea. So there's two great ideas of like how teachers do projects also. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just never heard of the agile or the waterfall technique. Um, definitely going to use those in class tomorrow. What are some real world examples that we could use in the classroom? One thing that's pretty simple. Have you ever made toast? I have made toast, yes. Okay. I think most people have made toast. I, I so, so that's always a good question to start with. Um, there's a TED talk that you guys can um, look up. Um, which is how to make toast. But what the the TED Talk is really getting people to understand is that whenever you start out to really solve a problem, first draw it out by yourself and really understand, okay, what are the steps from start to finish that I need to do to accomplish this problem? And you'll start to see, you know, very simple things occur time and time again. So we would um, name those, you know, transitions from getting the toast, putting it in the toaster, that line between getting the getting the bread and putting it in the toaster, that would be called a link. And then the node of getting the bread 
that's a node, the toaster is a node. And as you start to map those out, you'll really start to see different examples of how all these different people within your group, whether it's a classroom or whether it's a group of teachers, how everyone views this process of making toast. Everyone agrees it's pretty simple, but everyone's concept of what that looks like is very different. And what's really important is if you start to get the first drawing on one piece of paper working by yourself, then the next step from there would be to give everyone post-it notes and say, okay, everyone make the same concept making toast in post-it notes. And what that allows you to do is still working by yourself in silence is you're able to get more detailed and you're able to start moving steps around. Instead of feeling really locked into the piece of paper, you're able to make those post-its and kind of move them around and say, no, actually I go to the store first, then I buy the bread. So you're able to get more detailed and what you're actually doing is the same process that we do with our developers is you're doing agile framework. You're seeing tiny tweaks that need to take place in this process and you're able to change them very quickly before you deliver your final solution. You're bringing up Toast and the TED Talk, which we'll put the link below, because of this website right here. Yep, drawtoast.com. Um, draw but he also has a whole set of templates. So if you want to do this activity with your classroom or with a group of teachers, um, you can click on um, the intro and it will give you the TED Talk video, which is about nine minutes long. And then it will give you step-by-step, step, eight different um, steps you need to do to make this um, group activity really work with your team. What's nice is once you've done the you know two examples that I've talked about, you can then go into a third model, which would be having the group work together. It's best if you still um, try to work in silence, but putting those post-it notes from each of the different group members up on a board and then starting to arrange them in a nice, easy, linear function, you're able to see either where you have overlaps of, okay, everybody has get the bread of the fridge, we can remove some of the duplicates, but you'll then start to see some of the refinements that come with each person's different perspective. And that's the real value in the process is making sure that we consider all the users, in my case, or all the clients, and getting all their perspectives up on the board to make sure that we develop a solution for their problem. What I also really like about this on a teacher aspect is a lot of teachers were really controlling and so we want the students to do step one, two, three, four, but you're encouraging and what happens in your office is planners and the team create the steps because you have the end product in mind. Yeah, we don't want to build products in a vacuum. I certainly might have a good idea for how a product might work, um, but I need to know how the user is going to be interacting with that product and the pain point that I'm trying to solve for them. I really need to have empathy for my user and they need to be the one dr driving the development. I'm going to be using all of this tomorrow. Uh, I've got a ton of post-it notes ready to go. And then also you want to talk about Agile? Yeah, the framework itself I think is um, helpful and something that anyone can use. Um, we use it in product development and as we're building software solutions for our clients. But the key with Agile is really small teams that are spending a really short amount of time building a small thing and they're able to integrate that into the whole product. So certainly as we're talking about shipping code every two weeks or shipping a new solution every two weeks, that sounds like a lot, but all of those little chunks of work are fitting into the bigger roadmap or the bigger project that we have slated for that particular um, suite. Um, we also are looking at really delivering 100% of something, not 70% of everything. As you're looking at this graphic, the key thing to remember is that we want to start with those requirements. So going back to the um, making toast, we need to make toast for our, our children. So what does that look like? 
okay, I need to start with my requirements. I need bread, I need some sort of heating element, and I need, you know, a plate. So those are the requirements that we would start with that we would take from our users, from our external users, and also our internal users, so our sales team, our client team, our marketing team, all of those kind of feed the machine so that we make sure we have all those different perspectives in mind. And then we push those requirements to our development team and what's called a sprint. So think of it just like as you would, you know, in the Olympics, we are doing a really fast, quick snapshot of work in a two week time period. So we all need to be running together on the same team. At the end of every sprint, something that we do that I really like is called a sprint review. And so we sit down and we talk about what went well and what we could improve for the next sprint. So we do that at the end of that two week period and then the following Monday we start our next sprint. So instead of just continually you know, making the same mistake over and over again on the same sprints time and time again, we're constantly improving that process as we go and really refining and strengthening our team as well. All right, Sarah, I'm gonna throw the lightning round questions at you. Are you All ready? Right, here we go. And I promise everybody, she has not seen these. Right. Number one, what was your favorite class? Okay, well at Purdue, it was probably history of rock and roll. My only elective I was allowed to take through the four years. Was... Paid for that one by myself, mom and dad. You are a huge music nut. What has been your favorite concert? I think most recently taking my two oldest children to see Florence and the Machine is probably one of my favorites. Just to have, see music through their eyes and see how they react to music that I really enjoy. But Yeah, I didn't get to go on that one. Number three, what was your most recent book that you finished? Uh, I just finished... Uh, act like a leader, think like a leader. Good one. Number four, what's Reading your favorite? becoming now. Number four, what's your favorite podcast? Obviously, Pondercast. Stop lying. Just tell the people what they want to hear. Um, I like Masterclass by Oprah, and I also like This Day in History class. Number five, with the holidays coming up, what are you looking forward to most? Probably because it brings so much joy to Seth, is packing in our truck <laughs> that we only drive in one day a year. And cutting down a Christmas tree. <laughs> that she only rides in one day a year. I drive it more often. Bonus question. Since project-based learning is like taking over education, what do you feel students need to know and teachers need to know? Okay, so project-based learning, obviously that is really drives nicely into the topic we've been talking about today, which is looking at agile framework. So project-based learning, you have a goal in the beginning. You have a specific time that you can accomplish that goal in. So applying Agile framework will really help you kind of break off that huge goal into small, manageable pieces. Thank you, Sarah, for taking time out of your busy day you and being so on my welcome. podcast. <laughs> All right. Where can people find you? LinkedIn. All right. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, too, and some other things. They'll be down below. Subscribe. Um, like, share, and subscribe. Thanks for watching. See you later. Bye, everybody. Bye.